As long as there have been moving pictures, there have been horror films. From boogeymen to ghouls and long-leggedy beasties. Today we examine our top five horror films of all time. In this edition of... Shriek Previews! Shriek Previews. Hey, Brent. Hey, Dan. How's it going? It's going awesome. How are you? It's going pretty good. I am so excited to be back in front of the microphone recording for our tens of listeners. <laughs> Correct. Uh, today we're doing our top five. That's each one of us. Each one of us, right. Okay. Just want to so, clarify. Assuming there's no overlap, that'd be ten excellent horror movies we're recommending, but I have a feeling there's going to be Maybe one or two overlaps. I believe so. So what's, um, what are your thoughts? What, what are your top five? Well, first, I think we need to give that disclaimer that um, we will get very spoilery in this. Although, since we're not doing as in-depth reviews, we won't get as in-depth spoilery. But, folks, if you're listening to this, you may get some movies spoiled for you. Get over it. So, okay, so my top five horror movies of all time. Coming in at the number five slot. This one might be a little uh, controversial because a lot of people don't like this movie. Mm -hmm. But at number five, I put Paranormal Activity. Why? What I liked about it is it was the first one that I had seen that was basically just done with... It it was kind of found footage, but it was just done from a stationary camera. Most of the movie just occurred in one room, except for... uh, And it was all in one house. But also, it just, I loved how it built up with just a couple couple actors. It progressed the story until you you get to a part where where these really weird things are happening and it's it's not just something you can you can push to the side. The the one that specifically jumps to head to my mind is where you really make that transition from hmm, okay, these are unusual to holy crap, that's freaky. Is when they put the baking soda on the floor and the demon leaves footprints in there. Mm, I remember that. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that movie. It really made an impact on me. So yeah, for the first half of the movie, it is kind of slow as it ramps up, but then it just gets to a part where you're you're glued to the edge of your seat until the very end. I I forget who it is. I believe it is. I believe Stephen King is some somebody famous in the horror genre. I forget if it was Stephen King or a, a or Wes Craven or, or Clive Barker, one of those, but I think it was Stephen King. He said this movie scared the hell out of him. But Stephen King says that about everything. I, you know, he, he was less critical. He, he did say that Mulan didn't scare him quite as much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. So that's my number five. Number four, I've got a classic. This one, I really struggled. I always knew this one was going to be on my top five list, but I wasn't quite sure where to put it. I've got, of course, The Exorcist. You know, the uh, one of the classics of horror, and it's just... Uh, it makes great use of storytelling without a lot of fancy special effects or anything like that. It stands the test of time. 
And, I mean, every movie that's going to be on my list here are movies that, in order for them to make my top five, they had to be movies that I could watch over and over again and enjoy them just as much. And The Exorcist certainly falls in that. Well, it's a well-made movie. Yeah, it's very well-made. And, again, it relies on storytelling and tone rather than, like, cool special effects or anything like that. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think movies like The Exorcist that were that were really scary in our era, do they stand the test of time? Do they hold up pretty good? I think they do, and especially if you're a true fan of horror, as opposed to, you know, there's no jump scares in The Exorcist. It's all a very slow burn. I'll be honest, I've I've often wondered about, like, if they redid The Exorcist, who, who could be the... who could direct it? And the only name that really comes to mind who uh, a modern director that really does well with those slow burns and stuff would be M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, I could see that. I could see see him doing that. I Um, considered possibly Jordan Peele, but I don't see that. It's not his style of movie, but I could see Mr. Knight doing it. You see, the only problem I have with M. Night Shyamalan, he's got the ambience, he's got the tone... He's got the darkness, and then he appears as a you know in in like a little cameo role, and that like yanks me out of the movie. Oh well, it's like it's almost like I expect to see him there, and I don't like that in a horror movie. Oh, I see. Mm. In The Exorcist, you know, she's got the uh, Chris McNeil, the the main character. She's appearing in a movie, and the director gets drunk at a party and ends up dead and whatever. I could see M Night appearing as the drunk director. <laughs> yes. So that's my number four. Number three. Number three, Cabin in the Woods. You know, I love that one because it takes the horror genre and just kind of flips those stereotypes. And it's not really a scary movie, but it's really well done with good storytelling. It's a horror movie for people who don't like horror movies. Not much more to say about that. I really enjoyed that, and I recently watched it. And um, I thought it was such a good, fresh take on the Scooby gang mm. in, the, in the woods with the, everything reminded me of that movie reminded me of the of the Scooby gang like Jeeper Scoob yeah like that one guy reminded me of Shaggy mm-hmm. and, and um, who, who's that guy in the movie that guy he's big, yeah, he's Chris big Hemsworth great. thank you Chris Hemsworth he reminded me of Fred yeah you know so and then of course they're traveling in this huge actually RV. the other guy was probably more like fred because he was uh, the the good guy brainiac whereas chris hemsworth played like the dumb jock yeah that's right you know mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's the movie's all about horror stereotypes and tropes so yeah, absolutely loved it yeah so very well done in my number 2 slot now these 1 and 2 i really I really struggled in which one should take the top spot. So the runner up, the conjuring. I really enjoyed that movie. Once again, just uh, good storytelling and it was scary, you know, not terrifying, you know, I'm going to have nightmares, but it had me on the edge of my seat and it was really well done. Has some great actors in it. And then the number one slot, my favorite horror movie of all time. The Ring. The Ring? The Ring. The original? Ringu? The, or? No. Well, okay. So here's the thing about Ringu. So I'm talking about the the first American Ring, mm. which in my opinion is the only Ring movie because the two sequels sucked on ice. Yes, they did. They were absolutely awful. As far as Ringu, I had bought a 
ordered a import copy of Ringu to try to watch the original. Mm-hmm. And because a lot, a lot of it happens in a school and stuff. And a lot of the background, like the cabinets and the walls were white. Mm. And when this shipped, the subtitles were all white. So I couldn't read half of them. Oh. So it really spoiled my enjoyment of the movie. Of, of course, yes. Yeah. I thought they'd usually put like, uh, sometimes they would put them in yellow. Yeah, no, not in this one. It was just white. It's white. So <laughs> you were like the whole time you were like trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, but I thought the the American Ring movie with Naomi Watts. I thought it was really well done. I love the bizarre imagery and things like that. And just there's a lot of tension. You know, when it came back to it, that's the movie that if I just want to watch a really good horror movie, I go to my DVD bookshelf and I pull that one out. So okay. To summarize, five was Paranormal Activity, four was The Exorcist, three was Cabin in the Woods, two was Conjuring, and one was The Ring, the American version. Okay. What about you? I'm dying to hear what your list was. Okay, my top five, number five, we're we're counting down, Mm. is An American Werewolf in London Mm. by John Landis, directed, uh, came out in 1981. Um, I love the fact that it was the first horror movie that kind of brought in elements of humor into it. Well, there's there's been other movies that tried it, but this one really had like a lot of dark humor in it, a lot of comments and a lot of uh, a lot of um, puns. And uh, I thought the two characters were likable, and it it was a tragic figure. We had the misfortune of becoming a werewolf, and then you know he ended up dying because of, he was a werewolf. Right, but um, it's it's a good movie, good pace. I believe you can still watch this and st- still enjoy it. John Landis made a lot of great movies. He has made and still makes a lot of great movies. He made the Twilight Zone the movie. I think he made one of the segments in the Twilight Zone the movie. As a matter of fact, he's famous for the uh, helicopter accident that uh, killed actor Vic Morrow and the two uh-huh. child actors. And um. Just I would check it out. It's 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 an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, you know I the one thing I I remember most about that movie is the scene where it shows him turning into a werewolf, mm. and that was like one of the first times I had ever seen a movie show the transformation. It wasn't just like a guy you know go snarling and then popping into the bushes, and when he comes back out, he's a werewolf. Yeah. yeah, no, no, he actually you could see him his his foot stretching and. And, 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 and yeah, the snout and, and the, the noise, the noise had a lot to do with that. Yeah. And it was a first film that incorporated this, this transformation. It was very groundbreaking. Yeah. And this is without CGI. Interesting thing about, you know, no CGI, all practical effects. Uh, for that movie, they actually had him become a werewolf so that he could do that scene. <laughs> I was like, are you bullshitting me? Yes, I'm bullshitting. Ah, I, I was going to say, really? Uh, a great cast. I was going to say, a great cast. Jenny Agutter, David Naughton, and Griffin Dunn is uh, is Jack's friend. Gotcha. But I love the fact that in uh, even in the middle of the transformation, he even still had the time to, to say, I didn't mean to call you Meatloaf, Jack. <laughs> Great movie. And then um, the next one on my list is Suspiria, Dario Argento's classic from 1977, 
a movie about a covenant of witches in Germany in a, in a dance school. Uh, and it, it, I, the thing I like about this is that it had great use of camera angles, compositions, and, and a great uh, use of color that adds to the eeriness of the movie. Mm, it's still, I believe it's still, tan uh, it still holds up even today. They've even remade it. Amazon Studios remade it in 2018. And it's worth checking out. Hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would, maybe we may have to do a future episode where we compare the two. Absolutely. I'd like to compare the two. And Dario Argento has a list of classics. It's worth checking out his movies. Okay. Uh, number three, 2019's Midsummer. Starring Florence Pugh, Will pew, Poulter, pew, pew. And, and Jack Rayner. Very excellent made film. Also about this, this girl that uh, that whose parents are killed or they, they perish along with a daughter. Yep. And then she goes on this trip to Sweden. And she's uh, involved in this cult. Always in these movies, it's that feeling of isolation that gets to me. It's like, like in The Shining, you have the, the Overlook, you have... You know, in uh, Suspiria, she's alone out and abroad. And uh, I think that that's what added to this film. Also, there's a lot of good composition, a lot of great scenery in the film. Mm -hmm. And a very good, just a very good buildup and very good uh, scary moments. Yeah. The one thing about that movie is I've I've seen it four or five times and I always catch something new, a little detail or something like that. And I love how that movie, 90% of that movie takes place in daylight. In yes, bright light, which yes. you don't see in scary it, movies. Yes, I was going to mention that. It's like complete broad daylight and, and all this shit's going on. Yeah. So, and then number two is The Shining. Okay. Okay, The Shining, 1980s, Stanley Kubrick's classic. You know, years after I saw The Shining, uh, and I've seen it several times before, the, uh, you know, by then, I decided to read the book. Didn't like it. Hmm. I didn't, I don't like Stephen King's work, really. But I thought the, um, like, you know, it was nice to see the difference, uh, to compare. But the, the movie is so much better, I believe. The Overlook becomes a character in itself, the, the hotel. Yeah. You know, it's like this, like, protector of this, the Torrance family, but yet they're, that, that character is playing with them. There's a lot of psychology in it, too, and... Um, the the shots the, the 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 hallways it's just great yeah it's like gives you like a like a nice like a you know a feeling of isolation sure mm -hmm. and you know it's interesting because the shining you know one reason i like the shining even though it didn't make my list was uh, just like i said for the ring the just kind of the imagery you've got the mm -hmm. the elevator full of blood and the twins and just the 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 weird pattern of the carpeting and stuff mm. like that. All these kind of little visuals that are just a little bit unnerving. Yes, it is. It's very disorienting. And I think Stanley Kubrick did that on purpose because if you've noticed, there are parts of the, the, the hallway of the Overlook that can't possibly exist because of the, the, the layout of the, of the building. Mm, but a great film, even by today's standards. I yeah. think it's a classic. And then, of course, the last one is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Toby Hooper's classic. Mm, the thing about this, it feels like you're watching something you shouldn't be watching, like a snuff film. It's like you found this and like you, 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 you know, it's got that grainy quality. 
and uh and it just it just feels so demented even today yeah it's like watching a train wreck you yes it is and you can't like you can't look away morbid curiosity exactly yeah wow oh i'm kind of surprised we didn't have any any overlap between our lists but that just shows you i mean all of the movies that you mentioned although i i haven't seen suspiria but i'd seen the other ones and they are all excellent movies that uh I've enjoyed mm-hmm. just because they didn't make my top five. Although now I may have, once you mentioned Midsummer, that might, I may have to reorganize my list a little bit because Midsummer, I've seen a lot. And I, have, I can we, can we mention some uh, honorable, honorable mentions? mentions? Sure. Okay. Well, there's a couple that I really wanted to make that list and I just, I just, it was just five of them. So, but um, VHS mm-hmm. found footage, a great, movie about different little stories uh with a container you know the the whole uh the kids breaking into the house very creepy mm-hmm. very creepy um 1981's the howling the howling about the werewolves uh-huh um cabin in the woods i wasn't sure because i've only seen that once i'd like to see that again i only saw it like twice actually but a great film mm, i'd love just the i i just love the whole Way it starts out with those two guys in the office talking about just anything, right? And then, just and very then you casual. get that cabin in the woods, you know, very casual, very good. A good take on the classic um, kids going to the woods and being slaughtered. Mm-hmm. And then 1975, Stepford Wives with Catherine Ross, uh, great film. If you not not the not the one with the uh, Nicole Kidman is it? Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, not that one. But we're talking the original. Okay, it's worth checking out. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. My runners-up would be, um, well, uh, Midsummer. That'd be one of my runners-up. In the Mouth of Madness. Again, cool visuals and uh, um, kind of an homage to H.P. Lovecraft. And then uh, The Possession of Michael King. Oh, good one. Yeah, which is in a very, very unknown, under-the-radar horror movie. So uh, those would be my runners up. Yeah, that last one, Michael, the possession Michael King. I didn't even know it existed until you you mentioned it to me. Yeah, great film. Well, guys, that's our top fives. Well, actually, once we build in the runners up, our top. I think we each had eight total. So that's sixteen movies that if you haven't seen them, you should really check them out. You know, I want to invite you as well. If you've got a favorite that we didn't put on this list. Shoot us an email at shriekpreviews at gmail.com and let us know. Also, we've got an Instagram account now. We're on Instagram on Shriek Previews. Uh, so you can check out our Instagram. You can communicate it through us, uh, communicate with us through Instagram at uh, Instagram forward slash Shriek Previews or however it works. You know how it works. <laughs> and then. Uh, Finally, as well, as always, if you're if you're checking out the podcast through one of the directories, you can also check out our website directly, and that is at shriekpreviews.buzzsprout.com. And uh, Dan, did you have any last uh, last words or anything you wanted to add? No, nothing on my side. Uh, just uh, keep those uh, letters coming in. Yep. Yeah, we've we've started to get some uh, uh, fans writing in and making some special requests that we're working on those. Guys, you know, we've got uh, some exciting news as well. 
This is actually the first episode of our new weekly format. So instead of twice a month, we're going to be coming out every Monday. So mark your calendars. Call in sick to work so you can listen to it. Shutter the doors and the windows. Listen to it multiple times. Listen to Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell that uh, mutated life form that you have locked in the attic and you only bring food up once a week. But bring them a little laptop so they can uh, listen to the podcast as well. I'm sure they would really enjoy it. That's it. I guess it's time to sign off.